Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Now, the Chorus Radio Network presents The Roy Green Show with Roy Green, keeping you informed and entertained. Now, here's Roy. My last show for 2015. Next weekend, I'm going to take it off, and they'll be uh, running best of, but uh, yeah, last one for 2015. So thank you for joining us. There's a lot going on, and uh, later on on the show, I'm going to ask a question that I'm really surprised got the kind of response that it has on uh, Twitter at uh, The Roy Green Show and emails, and the question has to do with the legalization of marijuana. We'll have Alan St. Pierre joining us from Normal, the uh, marijuana activist and the organization in the United States that for decades has been trying to create a legalized marijuana reality. And uh, one of the questions that I asked was, because that was brought up to me, was whether people, after it's legalized in Canada, would in fact buy their marijuana from a government-sponsored and approved outlet or whether they would still continue to buy from their former Street corner contact. And uh, if you go at the, to at the Roy Green Show, follow me on Twitter, you'll see the comments that have been posted on that. There's lots of activity. So um, we'll be asking you that a little later on. Former Lieutenant Colonel Steve Day, who was also the former commander of Joint Task Force 2, our elite special forces unit and counterterrorism unit, is going to be joining me in the next hour. And we'll ask uh, Colonel Day to share his thoughts about the Prime Minister continuing to, well, push forward with his determination to pull Canada's CF-18 fighter planes out of the coalition conducting an air campaign against ISIS. This after two CF-18s just a couple of days ago during an ISIS attack that went on for 17 hours in northern Iraq. Two of the uh, CF-18s were called into action and uh, dropped ordinance on ISIS. And Kurdish fighters, Peshmerga fighters, were involved with ISIS. And Canadian Special Forces soldiers were also involved. So, I don't know if the Prime Minister is being stubborn or just politically immature. I, I, I don't know. But we'll talk to Colonel Day about that. He knows a lot more than, than most of us. Um... Oh, there's a, there's a small story, but it really caught my attention about a a single dad, unemployed, three children uh, who have serious medical issues, and he wanted wants to create a great Christmas for them. So he went to GoFundMe.com and he uh, was able to generate fifteen hundred bucks, and he's now been the subject of online criticism for what he's done. One of the uh, one of the things I read, one of the postings I read, seemed to compare him to an online panhandler. So we'll, we'll talk about that. I was going to call him and decided not to. don't want to put him on the spot, but I want to talk about what he did. I I don't know why people have to be get involved in personally in something like this and then do if you're not going to contribute financially, why do you have to drag the guy down? We'll talk about it. Last Sunday, Dr. Bjorn Lomborg, environmentalist, economist, head of the Consensus Center Think Tank in Copenhagen, he believes in human-induced global warming, and author told us from Paris, where he was attending the COP21 climate change UN gathering, 
that the treaty that was signed by 195 countries, which calls on developed countries to deliver trillions of dollars to underdeveloped countries eventually to fight rising global temperatures, has targets impossible to meet. That's what Dr. Lomborg said. He also added that the elderly and the poor in England and Wales are suffering and dying because they cannot properly afford to heat their homes due to massive spikes in energy pricing coupled with the imposition of green taxes. I did some checking, and I'm going to share these uh, what, I, what I found with you in just about two minutes. First, though, just to refresh, let's have a listen to what Dr. Lomborg, Dr. Bjorn Lomborg, Lomborg.com online, what he said to us last week from Paris. Dr. Lomborg, what's the cost going to be to the average person? The, you know, we, we hear, I mean, you just said that one year's expenditure, once we get into the trillion-dollar mark for this UN treaty, if we ever get there, suppose they will. Once we get to the trillion-dollar mark, the whole world could be lifted out of poverty. But there will be an expense, a significant expense passed on to the individual person, won't there? Yes, and and we see that in some ways. For instance, uh, uh, almost everywhere where you've in, uh, enacted uh, strong legislation to cut carbon emissions, you see dramatically rising energy prices, uh, which, of course, is a regressive way to tax people. Uh, typically, poor people will end up paying more of their income. Uh, and so we see, for instance, both in, in Britain and, and Germany, many hundreds of thousands of homes being unable to pay their energy bill. Uh, those are real impacts. Again, it's important to recognize this is not in overall going to take us to the poorhouse. We're talking about 1% to 2% of GDP, but it is for specific people and certainly in specific instances a real loss. So, for instance, in, in uh, the U.K., it's estimated that half a million old people lie in their bed longer than they want to because it's the only place that they can really keep warm. About a third of all old people in, in Britain now uh, only heat part of their homes in winter because they can't afford to heat all of it. Not a good piece of news when you consider the climate we have in Canada. Exactly. And, and of course, it, it again shows uh, if, if this was the solution to global warming, if Paris was going to fix global warming. Maybe it was a cost we would be willing to take. But when it only solves one one hundredth of the problem, it really is a bizarre argument to say, oh, sure, people are going to accept another 99 Parises. Of course they're not. So there's Dr. Bjorn Lomborg from last Sunday on this program. So I decided to do a little checking. And I found the information very quickly. And, and remember, our prime minister and the premiers are going to be meeting within the next 90 days, and they're going to come up with a formula, try to come up with a formula to enable them to um, lower carbon emissions and deliver money to the United Nations Climate Fund, $2.6 billion already um, promised by Justin Trudeau. So carbon and other environmental taxes levied in order to help meet the multi-billion pound sterling green energy renewables development in the U.K. contributed to... And here's what I found, or caused many thousands of deaths in England and Wales, as poor elderly people could simply not afford to pay the increasing in heating costs, prices lowered on them by the environmental green taxes the British government imposed. Green taxes weren't the only taxes, but they did add to the cost for the elderly. And it took me mere seconds to find the alarming stories I want to read to you. I'll do it chronologically, and I'll quote my sources. And it's very easily found. I did it in a matter of seconds. The Daily Mail wrote in October of 2011 
Let me just get to that. Um, the headline was thousands dying because they can't afford heating bills and green taxes are adding to the burden. Sean Poulter, Consumer Affairs Editor, wrote, More than 2,700 people are dying each year in England and Wales because they cannot afford to keep their homes warm, according to an official study. The spiraling cost of gas and electricity combined with the impact of green taxes is putting health and lives at risk, researchers found. The study concluded that green taxes on household power bills are regressive and have a disproportionate impact on poorer households. The warning of the dangers to health comes from social policy expert Professor John Hills of the London School of Economics in a study commissioned by Energy and Climate Change Secretary Chris Hewn. On the policy of adding green taxes to bills, Professor Hills said, those energy and climate policies that lead to higher prices will largely have a regressive impact. Green taxes designed to meet a 20 billion pound bill to switch to wind, wave, and solar and nuclear power currently adds about 100 pounds to annual bills. However, this figure is set to rise sharply in the next few years, remember this was written in 2011, and will hit the poor, particularly pensioners on fixed incomes, harder than most. The figure for deaths is higher than the number killed on the roads and has brought demands for urgent government action. Professor Hill's interim report found, quote, most dramatically, the UK has a higher rate of excess winter deaths than other countries with colder climates, so they're not doing particularly well in the UK. However, his report conceded that the true number of premature deaths linked to the cold could be considerably higher at about 5,400. He said health impacts caused by exposure to cold tend to relate to cardiovascular and respiratory problems. Low temperatures are also associated with diminished resistance to infections and the incidence of damp and mold in the home. These effects are most important for the youngest children and increase for the most elderly, he wrote. Uh, People with hard-to-heat properties may trade off other necessities to keep warm, the most dramatic facing a choice of heat or eat, with some evidence of reduced food spending at times and the very lowest temperatures by pensioners with the lowest incomes, he said. Derek Licorice, chairman of the government's Fuel Poverty Advisory Group, described the death figures as a disgrace and said they should set an alarm bell ringing very loudly. He stressed it's important to find new ways to finance a move to green energy other than what amounts to adding charges to everyone's bill. Daily Mail, 2011. When we come back, I'll give you to I'll give you the rest of the information. Paul Harvey used to say the rest of the story. Well, I'll give you the rest of the information. When we come back on the Green Show on the Corliss Radio Network, stay with us. Informative and entertaining. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Like us on Facebook and uh, listen back anytime to anything you choose from the show on RoyGreenShow.com podcasts. All right, Dr. Bjorn Lomborg last Sunday talking about how green taxes and high energy bills are causing great difficulty for older people, particularly in the UK. And so I did my, uh, I did, I did some reading, as you know, and I read you the first story from the Daily Mail from 2011. 5,400, 5,400 people is the projection from, or at least the uh, was was the number that was quoted by uh, the Daily Mail from the London School of Economics professor who did a study on how many people died of uh, cold in their homes because they can't afford to eat them. 
Dorn Lomborg wrote in uh, The uh, Spectator in April of last year, in part, this. Britain's environmentalists proudly announced that households have reduced their electricity. By the way, there's a Canadian story I'm going to share with you, too. Uh, announced that households have reduced their electricity consumption by almost 10% since 2005. They seldom mention that this is helped by a 50% increase in electricity prices, in part to pay for Britain's increase in its share of renewables from one8 to 4.6%. Such a price increase, of course, hits the poorest hardest. As with many green taxes, it does so because it taxes a basic necessity that makes up a larger proportion of a small budget. Not surprisingly, higher energy prices mean the poor are forced to reduce their electricity consumption far more than the richest who haven't reduced their electricity consumption at all. Over the past five years, heating a home in the UK has become 63% more expensive, while real wages have declined. It goes on to write, because the elderly are typically poorer, energy poverty affects a quarter of all households whose inhabitants are over 60. Deprived pensioners are spending their days riding heated buses to keep warm, while a third are leaving part of their home cold. Bud writes Lomborg, things could be worse. In Germany, green subsidies will cost 23.6 billion euros this year. Real household electricity prices have increased by 80% since 2000, contributing to almost 7 million households now living in energy poverty. We're supposed to help the underdeveloped world. Bjorn Bjorn Lomborg writes, Climate policies take an even larger toll on people in the developing world. Almost 3 billion people rely on burning twigs and dung to cook and keep warm. This causes indoor air pollution at the cost of 4.3 million lives a year, and creates the world's biggest environmental problem. Access to cheap and plentiful electricity is one of the most effective ways out of poverty, curtailing indoor pollution and allowing refrigeration to keep food from spoiling and people from starving. Cheap electricity charges computers that connect the poor to the world. It powers agriculture and businesses that provide jobs and economic growth. One more quote from Bjorn Lomborg here. Dr. Rowan Williams, the former Archbishop of Canterbury, wrote in a Sunday Telegraph last weekend about how the industrialized economies, greenhouse emissions, have wrecked the world. He urges us to cut fossil fuel-based pollution to help the world's poor. Sadly, it does not seem to occur to the well-meaning Dr. Williams to ask whether we best help the poor by cutting carbon emissions or by focusing on the provision of affordable food, medicine, and energy. It seems not to occur to him that there's a trade-off. The Telegraph newspaper last year, earlier this year, February. High energy costs will lead to 100,000 needless deaths and saddle the NHS, the National Health Service in the UK, with a $22 billion pound bill for illness over the next 15 years as vulnerable people are left unable to afford heat for their homes. And then there's this. According to CTV in Barrie, Ontario, During a winter this cold, this is from last year, imagine trying to stay warm at home with just candles, a space heater, or your oven. Today there are concerns some people might need to resort to these things because they can't afford the fuel they need to keep their furnaces running. Jean McAllister has been living alone since her husband was admitted to a long-term care home last year. He suffers from Alzheimer's. Now she's getting by on one pension and old-age security, and money is tight. She says she can't afford to pay for both her hydro and heating oil in one month. I find it hard... You have to let some bills go to take care of the others, but you have to put a certain amount on the oil because if you don't, you won't get any, the Chesley resident said. 
McAllis is not alone. According to the United Way, a growing number of people are struggling to keep up with their home heating bills because the weather this winter has been severe, just as the prices of oil and propane have skyrocketed. United Way does have utility assistance for electricity and natural gas customers, but not for fuels typically used in rural areas like propane, furnace, oil, and wood. Francesca Dubbin with United Way, Bruce Gray, says 42 families are in crisis situations in Gray Bruce counties. She says 26 have no fuel at all, and there's no money to buy it. My greatest fear is that we're going to lose somebody, she says. Somebody's going to die because of this issue. That's in Ontario, folks. So our Prime Minister is going to be meeting with uh, the Premiers, and they're going to try to come up with a plan to... um, Follow the lead from COP21. Oh, by the way, Jeffrey Simpson writes in a Globe and Mail column that um, energy prices, electricity prices, electricity costs in Toronto and Ottawa between 2004 and 2014 skyrocketed 80%. 80%. So I would urge the Prime Minister and the Premiers to consider all of this information as readily available. And just think about the green taxes that you might be thinking of levying. Just think about the impact. Try to be equitable. Look, my number is one 225 8255 one And here's the question I have for you. Where does climate change rank in your top three worries? Is it at the top, in the middle, or at the bottom? And the three worries, uh, the, the, the ten worries that were that were uh, uh, polled by Ipsos for Global News, and the poll was released November 29th. The 10 worries were health care, unemployment and jobs, taxes, poverty and social inequality, corruption, immigration control, education, crime and violence, and climate change. All right? So all I, I'm not going to, I don't want you to think of, remember all of those things. I just wanted to ask you, and I'll go through them again, I want you to tell me whether climate change is in the top three concerns you have in that list. I'll go through it with you when you call, but I want to know whether climate change is at the top, in the middle, or at the bottom of your concerns. It was at the bottom for Canadians in this poll. Where is it for you? one 225 8255 Roy Green Show Chorus Radio Network. You've heard the news. I gave you the information. People are struggling and some people are dying because they can't heat their homes. Where does climate, range, climate change rain, uh, rate for you? Is it the top or in the middle or at the bottom of your top three worries? Now I'll go through them with you. one 225 8255 Call me now. Informative and entertaining. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I want to tell you there's a really good reason why I came home wasted in the middle of the Follow me on Twitter at the Roy Green Show and emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to pass along information that matters when we have our prime minister and premiers meeting to come up with climate policy and money that they want to raise and changes they want to make to meet COP21 where they all met in Paris. Joan uh, on Twitter Thanks for shining light on energy poverty in Canada. Kathleen Wynne, energy subsidy insufficient to stop deaths. Don't want to over, overstate it. But you heard that the um, Bruce County in Ontario, the uh, 
a person who, uh, who was quoted in the story, who works with uh, relief organizations, is worried that somebody's going to die. And in the UK, 5,400 died because of cold homes in 2011. And uh, the Telegraph writes in February of this year, high energy costs will lead to 100,000 needless deaths and saddle the NHS with $22 billion in uh, illnesses for the next 15 years. 100,000. 100,000. This is uh, this is really frightening stuff. It really is frightening stuff. Uh, there's one other point I want to make, and then I'll go to your calls. If cutting carbon, we're going to create prosperity. I tweeted this the other day. If cutting carbon, we're going to create prosperity and economic growth. We wouldn't need climate change summits like COP21. Everybody would be cutting like crazy without anybody pushing them to do it. Does that not make sense, everyone? Does that not make sense? If cutting carbon, because that's what they tell us, is going to create prosperity. How many of these conferences have they had? Oh, yeah, 21. If cutting carbon would create prosperity and economic growth, we would not need climate change summits. Everybody would be cutting like crazy without anybody pushing them to do it. Does that make sense? Mike is in Toronto. Mike, this stuff is... uh, I don't want to panic people, but I wanted to share it. Yeah, uh, I'm not panicked by it. Uh, I'm disturbed by it. I, uh, I, you had asked what things would be. Yeah, know, let uh, me run that by you. So, so the uh, the Ipsos poll that was done for Global News, and it was carried internationally as well. Um, where does climate change rank for you? And I'll just give you these uh, the the headlines again, or the headings: unemployment and jobs, poverty and social inequality, corruption, crime and violence, health care, education, immigration control. Taxes and climate change; those were the, the 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 headings. So, where does climate change rank for you on in, in that list? Well, it, w- it would be well down on that list. You know, food, heat, housing, employment, uh, corruption, uh, transparency. You know, all these things would come out ahead, ahead of that. Uh, but you know, as I was saying. Uh, I have. Uh, I've already solved that problem for myself. I, I own a large farm up north in the Temiskaming area, and my my daughter is raising my granddaughter up there with with her husband. And uh, I my house had burned down, which was tragic, but that was years ago. And I rebuilt it. Uh, when I rebuilt it, I asked to bring the hydro in, and they said uh, it would be ten thousand for the poles and the hydro, and then there'd be the wire and the pole on my property. And I said, so you're asking me to put out $15,000 for the privilege of paying you a monthly bill. <laughs> and I said, I said, no way. I said, you know, normally when you think of solar, et cetera, you're thinking of your... Yeah, of Mike, your tell, me what, tell me what you did. I only have limited time. Okay, so I put in solar and right. wood heat. And it works. Now, now, my idea for dealing with the government who you have to fight against in these situations is to go back to coal, to put in private modern, efficient coal burners. They won't allow it. They'd never allow it. Environmentally, they won't allow it. By the way, I read the other day that China's going to be building another 1,200 coal plants. And I don't know if this is correct, but they're putting on lines six or seven a week. That could be that could be wrong. I'm just going from memory. Mike, I thank you very much for the call. Mike says it would be low on his list climate change. For Canadians, by the way, it was last. I've said this to you before. Climate change was last. Healthcare was number one. 
Well, before I go through the list, AAA two two five eight two five five is my number, or four one six eight six zero sixty four hundred if you're in Toronto area, or if you want to spend a dime, you can call that long distance as well. Art, you heard the information, and there's a lot more. I can really condensed it uh, to to be able to provide in a reasonable period of time the information that I thought you should have. But uh, what did that? What impact did that have on you? And where does climate change rank on your list of top worries? Hey, Roy. How are you doing? Good, sir. I just, uh, my wife and I are just driving back from Fort McMurray to Calgary, and uh, I'm fortunate to be one of the ones that still has a job working in the, uh, in the oil sector here. There's a lot of people hurting out here. Yes, sir. On the list of 1 to 10, in descending order, climate change ranks about a number 11, if not lower. So for all the uh, intellectually challenged that voted for people here in Calgary, in Canada, in Alberta, I should say, that we currently got, or in Canada, I hope they've made note of the fact that down in the United States, they're going to start exporting oil for the first time in uh, probably about 25 years after we've uh, slashed and burned our industry at the behest of uh, social activists and uh, in and uh, neophytes and, uh, and and so it's last. Yeah, I, 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 I get what you're yeah. telling me, uh, Art. It's last for you. By the way, it was last for Canadians at 13 percent. 13 percent of Canadians said climate change was one of their top three worries. Healthcare was number one. Unemployment and jobs, not surprisingly, was number two. Taxes, government doesn't want to hear this, but taxes was at number three of 32% of Canadians, and they're going to climb, they're going to raise the taxes. Climate change was last at 13%, and globally, Art, it was also last with only 7% of the world's population telling Ipsos that climate change was one of their top three worries. Only 7%. i got one other thing for you here. Um, maybe I don't. Uh, I was looking at, uh, let's see now, And okay, an NBC, I've got so much paper in front of me, NBC Wall Street Journal poll, national security and terrorism was number one in the United States uh, with Americans, concerns, 40% of the population saying that had to be the focus, climate change was number five with 7% of Americans saying that had to be the focus, so there you go. Yep. Thanks for the call, sir. Merry Christmas. All the best to you, glad you still have a job. The energy sector in this country should never, ever, ever be demonized. Brian, where are you, Toronto? Yeah. Yes, sir. Go ahead, please. Well, you know, as far as the rates, uh, it's not up there because mainly I don't think there's much we can do about it. It's a cycle the earth goes through. It's got more to do with the sun than any problems we've caused. And for Canada, be responsible for what, 1.6%? Not that much. And that's taken over almost monthly by, uh, it's succeeded by China on a monthly basis. So to turn around and tell us that we should all go to this ridiculously expensive green energy and pay for cap and trade and carbon credits, which is nothing but a colossal ripoff, there is nowhere on this planet that has proven to succeed in either cutting down greenhouse gases, it's been nothing, but a fraud and a ripoff. Brian, did anybody ask you what you were going to say when you before you came on the air? No. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your call. Just want you to know that. Because I'll get calls or I'll get emails or I'll, 
I'll see tweets saying, oh, you're just selecting the people who agree with you. Tom is in London. Tom, did anybody ask you what you were going to say when you got on the air? Well, what, 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 I, Tom, I just Tom, to Tom, 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 did yeah. anybody ask you what you were going to say? No, of course okay. not. Okay, all right, go ahead, please. Go ahead, oh, Tom. Okay, I, I, just, I just wanted to say that um, it, it's just funny that, uh, obviously, I'm, I'm in Ontario, and uh, the, the new cap-and-trade tax that uh, Kathleen wants to bring in is going to add billions of dollars to the government's copper, same as in Alberta, so they're going to take billions of dollars out of our pockets, the taxpayers' money, uh, you know, out of our pockets and put it in the government pockets. Now, how is that going to help? save the planet at all. I'll answer like it this way. I'll answer I'll try to answer it this way. I spoke several times on air with a gentleman by the name of Sammy Wilson. Sammy Wilson is the former environment minister and minister of finance for Northern Ireland. And Sammy Wilson would speak only for his constituency of Northern Ireland and then a little bit for the UK. And he said cap and trade is a job destroyer and it's an economy destroyer. Well, it's just a it's just a, a money producer for for the for our government, and and as I okay, not look at Canada. Oh, so go ahead. Tom, Tom, I only have a couple of seconds. Where does climate change rank for you on the list of top worries, top, middle, or bottom? Well, dead last. I mean, because I'm I'm just struggling to survive. I'm scared over my hydro bill, and, and just on account of incompetency of the uh, of, of our government. Incompetence is a kind. Incompetence is a kind word when you consider that the auditor for Ontario said the Wynne and McGuinty governments um, made such a foul, fouled-up mess of it that uh, ratepayers had to foot they an need, extra thirty-seven they need billion. They need, they need to do an audit of this because there's a lot of liberal insiders that got rich, and the rest of us are all suffering from this. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate your call in London, Ontario. I wanted you to know this information. We will revisit it in the new year, no doubt. But it's there, and you can go back and listen anytime at RoyGreenshow.com. I'll, I'll post the uh, I'll post the link to the audio after the show today. I wanted you to have that information. It wasn't hard to find. And there's a lot more, folks. There's a lot more. You can find a lot more yourself. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the new Star Wars, The Force Awakens. And Professor Paul Levinson is going to be joining us from Fordham University. He's one of the world's top sci-fi writers. Stay with us. <laughs> 